This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Everyday Tech. I'm Michelle McAdoo here today with Wilts Couture, information technology expert at New Course Steel in Jackson and Flowood and IT instructor at Holmes Community College. And Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctors and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg. Today on Everyday Tech, we're discussing malware, how to spot current threats and ways to fend them off. You can give us a call this morning to ask any tech question at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 Or you can email us at everydaytech at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back after the news. Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include the Economic Development Authority of Fairfax County, Virginia, offering real estate advisory services and other resources for businesses interested in starting, relocating, and expanding in Fairfax County. Details at powerofideas.org. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. From MPB Think Radio, this is Everyday Tech. I'm Michelle McAdoo here today with Wilt Couture, information technology expert at Newport Steel in Jackson and Flowood, and IT instructor at Holmes Community College, and Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctors and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg. Well, 2017 is shaping up to be a record-breaking year for cyber attacks. The most recent credit um, breach has affected over 143 million people. And now the Wi-Fi security attack, known as Crack, has affected millions more. So today we're discussing malware, how to spot current threats and how to fend them off. We want you to be a part of this conversation, so give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 and online at Everyday Tech at MPB Online. So guys, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Jerry. Good morning. Hi. So how is everything going uh, with the crack and the malware and the security attacks? And- well, crack is still whack, <laughs> and uh, the malware continues. As a matter of fact, we're just putting out a notice this morning. Another really bad one is actually hitting in Europe and Turkey and all that area right now called Bad Rabbit. Which, uh, so, you know, in the world of the Internet, where we're all connected, it only takes a little bit of time for it's gonna, before it's going to actually make it across the water over here to us. Um, for this particular one, for example, people need to be aware if you see a pop-up on your computer talking about Adobe Flash or other Adobe updates, that's what it's actually got, uh, hiding itself as. So make sure if you're updating those programs, go to the website. Don't trust the pop-up because, uh, yeah, they're just starting to see and report outbreaks of this and it's starting to become pretty widespread so yeah you're right i mean it's a record-breaking year you know and and unfortunately uh we're going to probably say the same thing in 2018 Mm -hmm. it just doesn't ever seem to really slow down if anytime that uh there's a mechanism out there for people to make money off of off of someone else there's always a criminal ready to take advantage of it so wow and um someone emailed the show last well this week to ask about your crack blog um they wanted to know some information about it so 
We started it last week, so tell us more about what yeah, this it's, is. Yeah, it's been evolving. Um, what it actually has to do, and that's why I've not quite finalized. I mean, every time I kind of get something all put together, I'm getting new information from the Microsofts and everyone else. What the the crack hack, I guess we can call it that, the crack yes, hack. The you crack like that, Jeremy? That's good, yeah. Yeah, we'll go with crack hack. <laughs> what the crack hack is actually doing is it's actually interfering with what's called the authentication process, basically the ID check of your computer between your computer and the wireless access point. It's interfering in there to intercept your information. So where that really starts becoming dangerous is – um, and, and now for somebody to really take advantage of this, they have to actually be physically located in the area. So you're probably not as much at risk at your home because most of us would recognize as somebody sitting in our driveway uh, sniffing on in. But when you start talking about coffee shops and restaurants and hotels and, and all these other areas that we're so used to using Wi-Fi, and that's where the real big threat comes in. That's why it's so important to do the updates. I have noticed, I don't know on the Android side, I know on the Apple side, they have not released an update for that yet. Jeremy, have you seen anything on the Android side? I know you run uh... – Android has not yet uh, provided a patch for this. So, so far, it's just Windows and Linux and Cisco that seem to have their uh, their stuff together on this one. Yeah, and, and I will – you know, I'll also remind, too, that there is not a well-known public vulnerability. There is a big difference between being aware of a security hole and being aware of of an active attack Right now with crack, what they have is they have the information is out there to tell everyone is like, hey, you need to be watching out for this. But there is no one known currently taking advantage of this. However, in the instance of, say, Bad Rabbit, this is a vulnerability. This is actually more of a social engineering type vulnerability. They're trying to trick you into clicking something. And this is in the wild. This is actually happening. So, you know, it's kind of like one of those, you know, with crack, we're giving you the heads up. With Bad Rabbit, we're telling you, hey, beware of this. This is happening now. Oh, my goodness. That is very good information. And we'll get into uh, more of this throughout the show. Today's show is all about malware and how to protect ourselves from it and how to identify it. But we're going to go to the phone lines. We have a caller early in the show from Ridgeland, Mississippi. We have Susan. Good morning, Susan. Good morning. Thanks for calling in. What's your question or comment? Well, I have a Bluetooth issue that I hope you all can help with. Okay. About two years ago, I bought a car that can Bluetooth to my Android phone. And in the last couple of months, it's developed a nasty little habit. If I'm in the car, say I've been in my office, and then I go and get my car and I'm driving, and I go to use the phone, I've got speed dials, you know, some numbers. So I go on those speed dials, so I'm not trying distracted trying to dial a number. And it looks like it's connected, but then nothing happens. The only way to make it reconnect is I have to start my phone, have to restart my phone, and then it'll dial. And then in the last couple of weeks, the phone's gotten to a point where it won't make a call, whether I'm in the car or not. I'll have to restart it to make a call. Is that my phone's problem, or is there an, an issue with the Bluetooth connection? Mm. Interesting. Uh, it's really difficult for us to determine whether it be one or the other, but there are ways that you can determine that. Um, does anybody else in your family have a phone that you could pair to this vehicle and see if the problem persists with that phone as well? Oh, good idea. Yeah, my husband has an exact phone. Okay. All right. So take his phone and try to pair it and see if he has the same issues. 
If he does, then obviously it's something to do with the car. Uh-oh. If not, then your phone would be the culprit. Now, um, there's a few things that you can do. You should be able to go in and actually forget the Bluetooth devices that are paired to your phone. You may just want to try to and reinstall it. Mm-hmm. Just okay. repair it. And then also um, you may want to see if there's a software update uh, possibly for your vehicle, which could patch some of the issues that you're having as well. Uh, Wilts, you got anything else you want to throw in there? You know, really, just back to where you're kind of at on that, I know I've, um, it seems like every time that a new iPhone, you know, an operating system update comes up, I'm having to do that same thing with my car. I have to actually disconnect the Bluetooth and reconnect it because little little strange things like that kind of happen. So um, that's really where my mind kind of goes to first. Um, and also thinking, you know, if your phone has any available updates out there, I know some of those updates will actually affect the uh, the Bluetooth firmware, so... There may be a little bit of something in there, but yeah, uh, I would definitely try the the pairing with with husband's phone first and just see if you can get the uh, problem to recreate. Well, thank you, Susan. Hopefully, um, they gave you some great advice. And uh, touch base with us to see. Uh, you can email the show or call us back next Wednesday and let us know if that worked. That would be great to see yeah, if that worked. Or work. call us back today. Hey, we'll still be here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you we, can get that in. Follow-up. Exactly. Yeah. Well, let's start with our first question, which was my first question. What exactly is malware? What is malware? Well, it's kind of a shortened term, and it's a, a term used in the, the IT field, in the technology field, short for malicious software. And it's really an umbrella statement. It's kind of, um, you know, it's kind of like, you know, when people say a tune-up to the car, you know, they're tuning up a whole bunch of things. It's kind of like when you say, oh, I got a cold. It could be a number of different things. When we're talking about malware, we're talking about things such as viruses, Trojans, um my mind just went blank. Jeremy. Uh, Jeremy. <laughs> Jeremy, Bella brother out here. You know, just all of those just different, you know, hoaxes and and ransomware and all the other things that, you know, us IT nerds like to put the word where behind. But those things that can go wrong on your computer, that things that, that keep it from running at its most optimal level. Um, we just kind of bunched that all into the word malware because really a lot of the tools out there. They don't just, you know, uh, we we use the term virus so much for everything, but there's so much more, um, so many more threats out there right now than just the quote unquote virus. Yeah, it's it's more of like a, a catch all, really. So um, it, it it makes it easy for us to just envelop that one term uh, into lots of things. So you know, if you've got a problem with your computer, uh, chances are pretty high that it is malware. Um, so saying virus isn't wrong, it's just uh, less accurate than what malware can actually do because viruses fall under a certain definition. So now that we got that out of the way, uh, <laughs> let's talk about how this can uh, affect uh, just about anybody. Uh, we've already talked about like pop-ups and things like that. Um, they also uh, they propagate through email. Um, if you get uh, an attachment from someone that you don't know or even someone that you do know, um, they can hop on your computer just as soon as you open that little attachment. So uh, these days uh, we, we talk about preventing the problem rather than uh, addressing it when it becomes a problem. So, so um, what are some – can you define some current or emerging threats? What are some current and emerging threats to our tech right now? Really, um, I would say um, people getting too comfortable with their machines. You know, hey, it works today. It should work tomorrow. Well, that's possible, but what's your contingency in the meantime? Do you have your data backed up? 
Um, since we're talking about malware, we also talk about ransomware, which is software that's capable of locking up all your files, and it's possible that you may never see them again. So do people have a contingency for that? Those, those are the things we really need to talk about is, is preventing this problem rather than addressing it when it becomes a real problem. Which seems to be a lot of times that's when people tend to remember, oh, yeah, I guess I should have backed up about the time that, you know, that unfortunately we're giving you the bad news of working on your computer saying, oh, well, you've lost all your data. It's, it's kind of like I have a, a, uh, a phone in my office right now that just went totally south on, on a teammate. And he's like, well, am I going to be able to get anything off of it? It's like, well, no, it won't even boot. It won't do anything. Sounds a lot like Michelle's phone even. It's like, can I get this information? I was like, well, you had a backup, right? What's oh, well. that? Yeah. And um, yes, I'm looking at you, Michelle. But, uh, but it, it's, it's, you know, I hate to always just go, you know, resort back to an analogy, but it really is almost kind of like going to the doctor's office. You know, we'll use computer doctor as an example there. But it, it, it's, it's what are those preventative things that you're doing to keep it from being a problem? It's like, why do so many people go out and get a flu shot? Why do so many people try to eat right? Why do so many people, you know, try to get at least a little bit of exercise? It's to prevent potential problems. Well, you know, we can really equate that over to our computers. Why do we put anti-malware programs on? Why do we back up? It's not because there's a problem right now, but it's because we don't want a problem in the future. Yeah, so when we get back from break, we'll continue our malware discussion and talk about how to recognize malicious programs and emails. Phone lines are open, so if you have a question concerning malware or any, any general tech question or comment, give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 or online at everydaytech at org. Our experts are standing by, ready to help. This is Everyday Tech. Only on MPB Think Radio. can be just what the doctor ordered. Join me, Meredith Michelle, with WJSU's Evening Jazz, 7 to 10 weeknights on MPB Music Radio. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. You're listening to Everyday Tech. I'm Michelle McAdoo with Wilt Couture and Jeremy Thompson, our technology experts. If you're just joining us today, we've been discussing malware. To join our conversation or to ask any tech question, give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you can email us. Uh, at everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Now, so far, we've discussed what malware is and how to define the current threats. But what about those suspicious emails? You know, when you get an email from someone you don't know and they say, hi, <laughs> hi, Java, hi, Michelle. And you're like, oh, you know me. No. How do we know if it's real or if it's not real? Jeremy? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking of... Uh, well, but the biggest question, question, yeah, the first question I ask is, was I expecting this email? I think we both just kind of went blank on that one. My <laughs> mind was, 
Yeah, but are you expecting the email? Does it look like something that you would normally converse in? Do you do business with this company if it's a company? Um, if one of the real common ones we're seeing up at work, oh, you're tracking information for your package. You know, did you order something? Um, it, it is amazing the people that I'll actually hear say that, well, yeah, I clicked on this link. It's like, okay, and it says like, you know, you got this FedEx package or whatever. It's like, were you expecting a package? Well, no, but I figure somebody sent me something. Nobody's sending random FedEx packages. I mean, I think most people, I mean, I know the holidays are coming on up, but Granny's going to let you know when she's sending you those cookies. I mean, that's what I'm thinking. Jeremy? Right. And um, one that I've seen a lot lately is invoices. If you did oh, not yeah. order something, if you did not uh, do any business with this the company that, that sent you an invoice, don't click on it. Uh, that one can get really nasty. Um, that one goes into your email, and it gets all your contacts, and it looks at your signature, and then it spoofs the email and makes it look very similar to yours, and then it sends it out to all your contacts, and they think, oh, I got an email from Bob, and then they click on it, and it does the same thing to them. It's endless. Well, and we've been getting a lot of that at work. That exact thing that you're talking about has been hitting us it, these last couple of weeks. Oh my! It's so it's it's ruthless. I mean, it, it doesn't. There's no rules that it plays by. And when we're talking about an email address being spoofed, there's literally nothing you can do to stop that. Nothing. Wow. I hate to, I hate to be all doom and gloom, <laughs> but if somebody is sending out email under a fake email address. It's not even that that's not even really where the email's coming from, but it looks like their email address. There's ways to modify emails to look like it came from anybody. I could send an email from Wilts right now to you, Michelle, and it would look like an email from Wilts. I, I could copy his signature. I could make it look as much like his as possible and then send you something and then get you to click on it and then boom, you're infected just like that. Oh, yeah, and the other really big thing we're seeing with some of these coming through is we're getting the uh, link saying we need to verify something on your account. Mm -hmm. And what happens is you end up on a website and you put in your email address and your password and now what they'll actually do, and this happened to one of our corporate accounts, is they will then log in to the email system with your credentials and then start sending tens of thousands of emails from your actual account, not even pretending to be you, but as you, because you gave them your credentials. So never trust any email asking for your credentials. Oh, wow. And then, and then people also say, well, you know, what if I change my password? Doesn't this prevent this? No, because when they're not even using your email to do this anymore, they're just using your contacts and, and your uh, signature and your email and your name. There's nothing you can do. Oh, my. Nothing. Well, we're going to go back to the phone lines. Thanks for that great information. This show is going to help a lot of people, I'm sure. Uh, we're going to go to Diamond Head, Mississippi, and speak with Andrew. Good morning, Andrew. Thanks for holding. Oh, thanks for having me. I really love your show. I listen to it every chance I can. Thank you, Andrew. Um, one of the things I noticed, and I'm a tech consultant down here in Diamond Head, and we have kind of a resort retirement community, that a lot of these uh, attacks or a lot of these schemes are targeting the elderly. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to note, uh, as, as my, I'm 38, as my folks are getting older, there I've noticed them kind of uh, a little bit apprehensive about installing updates and upgrades. They've been hacked a couple times and things. But I just wanted to mark the importance of, you know, most of these people are going to be Windows users, and maybe they're accustomed to the version of Windows that they're on. And as time goes by, they get a little bit nervous, maybe buy malware that they saw on TV. And it's kind of a, a downhill slope when really all they really needed to do was keep Windows updated, keep Windows Defender on, you know, keep up when Windows, you know, spits out 
a revised version, go ahead and update it and take a little bit of pain. Maybe it doesn't look like the way you wanted it to look. Maybe it works a little bit differently. But nine times out of ten, when I see my friends or my family having trouble with malware, it starts by, you know, not doing the updates and not doing the upgrades. And I'll listen to your comments off that. Yeah, and you're absolutely right on that. That is um – it's a simple thing we can do, and that's probably why a lot of these malicious folks are actually compromising that whole update legitimacy problem is because, um, you know, they know, I mean, the bottom line is we do need to update. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll use an Apple phone again as an example. Like right now, you know, Apple iOS 11 is out there, and it's causing all kinds of people some headaches, but we'll get through the headaches, but the updates really are kind of worth it. And you're absolutely right, these Windows computers um, – it's those add-on apps that just really always seem to get us. And, yeah, I mean, how do we uh, get people knowing what the legitimate ones are and not let them get get taken advantage of? It's it's definitely a problematic state that we're in right now because, like like you were saying, users are apprehensive about the upgrades because they change the way that their phones look, buttons move, everything looks completely different. And I'm, I'm with you. I, I – I, I used to tell people like, hey, you know, if, if you don't want it to change, just don't update. But but you're right. Like we have to keep pushing the updates because the security problems keep mm-hmm. growing. Mm-hmm. And if we fall into that comfortability with these interfaces and the way that they look and everything, we're leaving ourselves vulnerable for bigger problems. And it, that's it's just a, it's a difficult state that we're in. I wish there was something that we could do to contact developers and say, hey, look, improve the background without changing the foreground because there's a lot of people who don't care about all these little bells and whistles. Yeah. They just want their device to work to a certain level of their understanding. Yeah, you know, I, was like, for example, I never understood the taking away of the start button in Windows. We've had that since 1995. <laughs> you know, that that caused me major heartburn, and I'm I'm not all that opposed to change, but but I think that, you know, he really hit on a really good point there, too, is that, you know, yeah, when you change someone's experience, we all have a certain comfort level, and we don't want to be disrupted from that. Yeah. Well, thank you for calling in. That's a good question about the, especially older people uh, getting comfortable yeah. with using. They, they're already uncomfortable with using um, technology as it is, a lot of them. But when you change constantly, I mean, they have to continuously get comfortable with something new. And, you know, they yeah. don't like new. And I get it. I get it. So let's go to Tupelo right now, uh, Tupelo, Mississippi, and speak with Janice. She has some email issues. Hey, this is great. Um, I think you might have already answered my question. I've gotten several emails from a friend that says you might be interested in this and it's and then a link and I've, I've i've known that it wasn't something she would have sent me so i have not clicked on it but do i have a responsibility to tell her that she's been hacked or is this an irreparable thing that might have happened to her and it's just going to keep happening well yeah i i think that it'd probably be um especially if it is someone that you do know that you can just shoot a quick email over. It's like, hey, I've been getting some strange emails from you. You, Something as simple as you may just want to change your password, at least give some basic lines of security. You know, I would almost recommend, hey, you might want to change your password and make sure you run a current virus scan on your computer just, you know, to make sure. Um, I think that would definitely help her out without, uh, without unnecessarily exposing you to any kind of risk from whatever infection she may have. Because it could be an infection on the computer. It could be that someone compromised her, her uh, email password. So by hitting it from those sides, you at least give her some level of reaction she can take to try to mitigate that. 
And depending on how many contacts she's got, she probably already knows. I mean, a lot of my clients are like, I'm getting emailed by all my contacts telling me I'm sending them this stuff. Um, but definitely as a courtesy, reach out to her and let her know that, that something's going on. Because if she doesn't have a lot of contacts, then she doesn't know and she's still compromised, which is an even bigger problem. Well, thank you, Janice. I hope that uh, helped. And uh, reach out to your friend. I had a friend who actually texted me and said, I know you don't normally email me, <laughs> and I got a crazy, weird email from you. So that does help. Yeah. Um, and like you told me last week, you didn't uh, make mention that Yahoo has been compromised so many times. It's best for me to go ahead and just yeah, delete that whole email and start with uh, Gmail or something else. Yeah, it was uh, Jeremy, was Yahoo 3 or 4 billion? And yes, that is with a B. That's not me mispronouncing. I think it was three billion. Yeah, yeah, three billion accounts on Yahoo since twenty thirteen, twenty fourteen, something like that. I know uh, Java messed with me earlier. He said you're still on Yahoo. I mean, made me feel like old, ancient, archaic type person. But yes, I don't like change. <laughs> well, and you know, I, but I think you're not alone, though, Michelle. A lot of folks really. I mean, yeah. It's kind of like the hassle fun. of it. You were kind of explaining to me what I would have to do. And having my tech experts uh, in yeah. my life right now, you kind of made it simple. You know, you told me how to do it and how your wife did it. And so you can have your old emails send forwarding to your new email so you won't miss out on certain things. And yeah, kind of very similar to what you would do, you know, with the post office. I mean, okay. moving moving your physical address can really kind of be a pain in the tail. But there are steps and there are things in place. That, you know, you let the you let the postman know, um, hey, I'm moving to this address. They know to forward your email. You can do some of those exact same things with your email. So if you're trying to get away from, say, Yahoo or anything else and move on to a different email client, there are mechanisms in place to make that happen. We can help you all. You know, we can help guide you to making yeah. that happen. And filtering. I don't want the junk. You know, yes. I really need to clean out that anyway. So I don't want everything to come over. I just want some certain things. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm all for making a, uh, you know, Michelle McAdoo spam at gmail.com account. And that's like where you would sign up for any kind of little newsletters and stuff you want. You can always kind of filter it a little bit from there. Oh. And, you know, even Gmail now has the tools in it where it will filter out like promotional material versus what you actually want to get. And they'll have different tabs that you click on. Uh, so you can still get those things. But I also have, I, I call it like a garbage email account. I have one of those too. Uh, for when, you know, I just want to sign up and get that coupon number real quick, but I don't want to receive, you know, 50 emails about backpacks every day. <laughs> so uh, having a, having an alternate email that you sign up for that stuff definitely helps reduce this as well. It does. We're going to go to Brandon um, right after the break. <laughs> We're going to speak to Carolyn. She has some deleting emails from her iPad issues, okay? Mm -hmm. So uh, when we get back from break, we'll continue talking about um, malware, but we're also going to add some apps. So we're going to talk about apps uh, that can help us defend against malware. So yes. that's great. Um, phone lines, of course, are open. Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 or online at everydaytech at mpbonline.org. You're listening to Everyday Tech only on MPB Think Radio.
Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. You're listening to Everyday Tech. I'm Michelle McAdoo here today with Wilt Couture, information technology expert at Newcore Steel in Jackson and Flowood, and Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctors and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg. Now, if you're just tuning in, today's topic is malware, how to spot current threats and how to fend them off. So if you have questions... We've got answers. Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 And online at org. So before the break, we, um, you guys were telling us about ways to recognize suspicious programming in, in emails. Um, but... Before, I said we were going to go to Brandon, didn't I, before yeah. the break? <laughs> let's go. Let's talk to Carolyn. Good morning, Carolyn. And uh, there she is. Oh, no. Let's go to Newton. I'm, I apologize, Carolyn. We'll come to you in just a second. We're in Newton, Mississippi, and speaking to Jerry. Good morning, Hi. Jerry. How you doing? I'm good. This is Jerry. Hi, Jerry. How you doing? I'm all right. Uh, I'm not really paranoid or, or worried about a lot of things, but it has crossed my mind when I've seen these denial of service attacks and um, other things like that. And I'm just wondering on a national scale if uh, how prepared we are for any kind of an attack, whether it's malware or denial of service, especially having to do with the electrical grid. You know, those of us that went through Katrina or any other hurricane knows uh, know what it feels like to be without electricity for 10 or 11 days. And and I'd hate to think that that would happen for two or three months or longer. And um, I think maybe China and Russia are way ahead of us. We're still not real clear about what happened during the 2016 election as far as the voting went. So I'm just wondering if if y'all know of any contingency plans or if there's any possibility for an enemy to hit our national electrical grid or uh, even the Internet services. Well, you know, that is a... um... That is a that is a very very valid question, and I think um, I've actually looked into that quite a bit. And, you know, just from curiosity, people don't think about it a lot, but you know the power system is a very large network, the same way as we're thinking about our our ISPs and our data centers, um, and it's one of those that sometimes is you know out of sight, out of mind. But what I've also kind of noticed, especially with talking with a lot of different people, is that I do believe there is a pretty good bit of protections going on in there. But as one would expect, they're not exactly too um, too vocal about it. it. It's kind of like, you know, we have quite a few different countermeasures and, and different things in place, you know, within Nucor. But we don't get very vocal about what those are because it, it's almost like, you know, you're almost like showing your hand. So as they're putting these things into place, I think that a lot of times they don't let us know, but I do feel like there's been a a very large focus on it. And I think that, you know, just different current events have really revised that to people. I think, uh, you know, going back, I've made the exact same point myself about Katrina. We did find out what it's like without electricity. So I think as a result of that, we focused on it. Um, The other thing that I always kind of remind folks on that, though, is you got to remember, we got to sit there. 
you know, from a, you know, just speaking as an IT professional, we had to sit there and defend ourselves against 7 billion people in the world. They've only got to find one way in. And that's what makes it so hard for it to be an absolute. But I do think there's a really strong concerted effort to make that happen. Um, I just want to add, um, I, I think, Jerry, you're, you're asking the, what I would call the real questions. And um, these are definitely things that, that all Americans need to be conscious of because um, I, I feel that, like Wilt said, they only have to find one hole in any of it uh, to, to be able to, to begin to breach it. And I would say that in some ways I, I kind of feel like we're sitting ducks because it, it, it only takes one little hole. But there is an awakening in the security of things going on with technology, and, and things are becoming more secure. You're seeing a lot more encryption that's being pushed um, even just for day-to-day -day usage for, for the end user. Um, so I would hope that the efforts on uh, especially the government's end would be uh, far more ramped up uh, in a response to that. So um, I'd say it's it, there's no way to tell, but it, things are getting better uh, on a security uh, viewpoint because people are becoming more security conscious. Yeah, that is true. And uh, this this topic is so important, especially right now in the way things are happening in the world. Our phone lines are blowing up, and we love this. Thank you guys for calling in. Carolyn, I apologize for not getting you on. We're going to go to Madison right now and speak with Richard in Madison. Good morning, Richard. Good morning. What's your question? Um, I've got two questions, but very different from each other. But the first one is, you get an email, and it looks like in the first three or four lines that you can see in just the email list. So you click on it. Recently, I got one from uh, AT and T, and I looked at it, and it wanted me to go to some website and do X, Y, or Z, and I wasn't comfortable with that, and I haven't done it. But then, but I click on the from line in the email, and instead of saying AT and T. It, it gives, you know, like some person's name, and you realize, no, this can't be from AT&T or FedEx or, you know, whoever. Is it safe to click on the on that from line? Um, yes. Yes. And what you're basically doing is you're inspecting what information is over there. And, and uh, the same thing will, in, in most cases, similarly happen if you'll just actually put your mouse over it. You'll mm -hmm. actually get a little pop-up that will actually show you what's behind. It's called a hyperlink. Um you know, same thing yeah. if you had like a link in there saying, you know, go to this website, click here with the word here highlighted. If you place your mouse over that here, you should see a little pop-up appear that will actually show you what address it's going to. And I would suspect in that particular case, you would definitely not see an AT&T uh, right. uh, link. I think, I think your suspicions on that are definitely well-founded. You know, I'm going to call them and find out where to forward this to to them and let them see about it. Okay, my, my other question is, I finally migrated to Windows 10, bought a new computer to do it. Uh, it turns out my old computer will run Windows 10, but it was almost out of memory, so anyway. So I have both computers running. Well, they want to go to sleep real easy, or power-saving mode. Uh, I've adjusted the settings on, uh, on that, um, but it's still, they still go to, want to go into power-saving mode. Formerly, particularly on laptops, and maybe still, but I don't use a laptop anymore, you could click the escape button or F1, 2, or 3, one of those, and wake up the laptop or the computer. I can't do that anymore, and I wind up pushing the power button, which sometimes means the computer actually turns off and then has to reboot. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Is there some trick I'm missing, or can, can you turn the escape button into um, waking up from power saving mode, or or some button at any rate, some key? Okay, so first off, uh, regarding your email issue, if you will forward that email to abuse at att.net, uh, they will be able to uh, at least screen that and, uh, it's, I guess, filter it in their system. Um, regarding the Windows 10 thing, Windows 10 really doesn't like to give uh, a lot of the features that the older versions of Windows did. Like, you have to kind of dig for even your uh, good old familiar control panel. Um, it is possible to still get to it. You need to uh, go to, uh, like, hit your start button and type control panel and go directly to the control panel and go to hardware and go to the uh, the power settings. And in that list, you should be able to specify more about your laptop and when you want it to turn off and such. Now, when you're when you're saying that it's turning off, is it on battery power or is it plugged up? The PC, no, PC, well, it's a PC. It's on, it's plugged up. Um, I, I need to go in. I bought one, a, a, a backup battery thing, so I need to go back and make sure I've got it plugged into the right part, you know, of that mm-hmm. so that it goes to battery. But I've gone into control panel and the settings. You've, and, you've gone into the power <laughs> options? Yeah, yeah. And I'm wondering if the Hibernate setting may be getting that. Maybe or uh, possibly the, the power plan that you're on. If you put your system on high-performance mode, it should not go to sleep at all. Now, of course, that does use more energy, but it does keep your system from going to sleep. Yeah, okay, so on high-performance. All right. Uh-huh. And, and somebody just mentioned the um, hibernate setting. I've never tried to – yeah, where would that be? That is when you're in the power settings, and I don't have a Windows computer it's in front gonna of me. Be, it's going to be under your uh, – you over to the right of the the preferred plan that you pick like click high performance over to the right of it's going to be a thing that says change plan settings right then correct. you're going to get like uh you know the usual user interface there then under that there's a thing that says change advanced power settings that's where you're going to find your hibernate settings oh uh, okay yeah hibernate's the one that really kind of aggravates me a little bit it usually ends up wanting to hibernate when i really didn't want it to yeah, and it's under the uh, the sleep option in that advanced setting menu, and it'll say hibernate after, and then it'll say uh, never okay. for 10 minutes right. or whatever. Okay. Well, thank <laughs> you, John. Right. I hope they uh, really helped you in your situation. We're going to go to Mobile now and speak, uh, excuse me, go to, uh, yeah, Mobile <laughs> and speak with another John, good morning. So from one end of the state with John to the other end of the state with <laughs> exactly. John. That's pretty awesome. Good morning. Thanks for holding Oh, thank you very much. Uh, enjoying your show. This is packed with a lot of good stuff. I had a question about my free version uh, anti-malware. Um, before I say that, I, I should confess, I'm still running Windows XP, and yes, I'm a Yahoo user. <laughs> thank you. Well, we thank you, you, John. Anyway. No, we no. Welcome anyway, to John. my side, John. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> thank you. I feel welcomed. Um, I've got a vast free version, and... Um, a few months ago, it started doing something that is driving me crazy. Uh, there are a few sites that I always go to, and one in particular is a bargains website. Uh, there hadn't been any problem with that, but now Avast is saying uh, its certificate is um, out of date or something like that and keeps refusing it. And uh, that and a few other, well, some other news uh, sites uh, Yahoo refers you to the other sites for the complete version. 
uh, it will refuse to load the pages. And mm -hmm. I'm stuck with disabling my anti-malware in order to get to read an article or get to see what the day's deals are, that kind of thing. Right. So there should be a whitelist for Avast uh, for sites that you want to allow it through. Um, I would check and see if that's available. Um, also, check your – so when, when you turn Avast off, the, the error no longer comes up. I'm sorry. Repeat that, please. When you turn Avast off, you said that the error does not come up? Uh, correct. Uh, the, okay. the page uh, finishes loading. Okay. Well, uh, it, since you're on XP, um, the security features that are available to you are you're, you're being passed up, basically. Um, there's a lot more security out there now that your system is not compatible with, so unfortunately you're going to continue to see this problem. Uh, but there should be some sort of whitelist that you can allow Avast to um, – to, to let that site through uh, I, to not I believe I it. found that, and uh, I added the website name to it uh, as it appears in the address uh, bar. No luck. It it keeps doing it as if it knows better than, you know, it, who knows, it might. The machines are getting pretty smart. Yeah. Um, and um, it uh, just refuses to cooperate. It, it refuses to participate in some of these things. Well, it is so, possible to turn off just the Avast Web Shield without losing all of your other protections. So you may want to look at uh, toggling the settings for the Web Shield and see if that doesn't assist you. All right, John. Thank you so much. We actually have another John and a Stephanie we're going to talk to when we get back from break. Now, um, if you're just tuning in or if you're listening and you want to get in, we have a couple of phone lines open. The number to call is one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 Now, if you don't get your question in on the phones today, you can email the show at everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Wilton Jeremy will respond to your emails to get your problem fixed or help you get it fixed. Now, if you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the entire show at mpbonline.org slash everydaytech. It's also available on the MPB media app. We'll be right back after the break. You're a sustaining member of MPB Think Radio. We appreciate your support of our programs. To become a sustainer, go to mpbonline.org. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. You're listening to Everyday Tech. I'm Michelle McAdoo with Wilts Couture and Jeremy Thompson. Now, if you're just joining us today, today's topic is malware. And we've had a bunch of great questions, and we still have um, questions on the phone lines. But we do have some open phone lines, so there's still time to get your tech question answered. So give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. And online at Everyday Tech at MPB Online. Now, we've discussed malware and how to recognize it, what it is. We didn't get to our apps and how to protect ourselves. So we're going to talk about that in just a little bit and talk about what to do if 
if you have been compromised. But, uh, Wilkes, you wanted to say something. Yeah, I want to just uh, follow up from our, our last caller. And the one error that he mentioned that he would get when he would go to a website was called a certificate error. That is something I really wanted to make sure I cautioned all of our listeners. If you're going to a certificate error, what you're essentially getting is that website is failing its its ID check. And that could potentially mean that that is a compromised website. Um, that means that they are no longer paying for basically what's called the SSL certificate or it's, it's no longer legit. So that is a really big warning sign, especially if you're going to a financial site. Now, the quick thing to check Make sure the time is correct on your computer. Time and date matters to those ID checks. But if you get that particular error, that is that is definitely a red flag. I just wanted everyone to be aware of. Okay. So let's go to South Haven, John. Another John has been holding. From John to John to from John. John to, we have had three Johns today. So um, welcome, John, from South Haven. Thanks for holding. What's your question or comment? Thank you for taking my call. Good morning. Um, I was wondering... Um, I saved uh, all of our pictures to an external file that's uh, an external hard drive hooked up to the computer, and I've noticed that there are almost exactly twice as many uh, bytes or gigabytes in the backup drive than I have in the main computer, and I was wondering if there's a way to find duplicate files. Okay, so are you running Windows? Yes, Windows 10. Oh. Let's see. So um, duplicate files in Windows. Let's see. There are programs out there that uh, can allow you to do that. And um, let's see. Dupe Guru. That's what I was looking for. It's D-U-P-E-G-U-R-U. It's a free program, and it will help you identify your duplicate files. And I uh, just want to say we've got a bit of a John Spiracy going on, and I've got several John Spiracy theories about this. <laughs> Um, but, but I hope that I answered your question. I, okay. I had to take advantage of that opportunity to say yeah, that. How do, you find, how do you find that site? You just type in that word? Uh, Dupe Guru is available at hardcoded.net backslash Dupe Guru. All right. Dot net. Yes, sir. Backslash. All right, John. Thank you so much for calling in our third John of the day. Now we're going to go to Stephanie. Take out the Johns and let's go to Stephanie in Florida. Good morning, Stephanie. Good morning, and thank you for taking my call. I travel a lot. I'm traveling right now. So I use my laptop a lot. I use my phone a lot for Internet access. I you know, do a lot of my banking, et cetera, from my phone and while I'm out. My question is, does these malware people that are putting all this out there, what is their actual intent? Is it to get into your computer, to get to your files, to get to your passwords, or is it just to disrupt and be just malicious? And then I have a second question after this one. Thank you. All, all of that, I think the uh, the quick answer is on all of that, yes. Um, yeah. it, it, really does, it. it really does tackle a lot of that. You do have the, the just flat-out annoying, like that, kid that used to chase you on the playground in fifth grade, that just really annoying kid. There are some people out there with the what I call the look what I can do syndrome, and they're just really out to just prove they can just make something that's really obnoxious. I think we all knew one of those friends in school. We had to. Yeah. And then you do have those, um, the, the, the more damaging ones, I believe, are the ones that are going to be going after your financial information. Um, And so that's for their financial gain. And there's a lot of money made off of that. And then you also just have the ones that just want to spread spam. So if they can get a hold of your address book, if they can get a hold of your name and your email, 
because they know they can send 10 million emails out, for example, and if they only get a 1% response rate, they're making money because the emails were free. So, so typically it falls back to follow the money. Um, but yes, you do have those just really annoying. I've seen quite a few and we don't see that as much now. Now it's more about the money, but we see a lot of that annoyingness still out there. There was a really famous hacker named Kevin Mitnick, and he used to do his hacks just to see if he could. He never – well, he did do some things that got him in a lot of trouble, but most of his hacks were just to see if he could do the job. Wow. Okay, because, I mean, when you get hacked, then you have to go in and change all your passwords. And we have a lot of accounts out there. We have a lot of memberships, but you have to literally go in and change all of your passwords to everything you have that you use from your phone and your computer. It's a good idea to, I mean, uh, if, you, wow. if you want to make absolutely sure that, you know, your stuff is safe, I know it, it's it's difficult. Uh, I, I was actually uh, debating with a, a, a client the other day. He was like, it's really necessary for us to have all these passwords on our computers and we just want to install a program. And I said, mm-hmm. well, do you, want, do you want your computer to get hit by something and all your files be locked up and then, you know, you can't get them back? So yes, it's absolutely necessary. Unfortunately, I know it's difficult, but it's 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 a necessary evil. Well, okay. Stephanie, question two. I'm sorry. What's more safe, your laptop or your phone? You know, we kind of chuckle when people ask us these things. It's it's only as safe as you are. Um, if you go to the app store and you download a bunch of free apps, then it's probably not very safe. Same with your Windows PC. Do you regularly virus scan it? Do you make sure that your infection uh, is minimal? Um, do you click on a lot of things? Do you go to a lot of weird websites? There's there's so many different questions that would have to be asked to really zero in on that. So I, I just like to say it's as safe as you are. Well, thank you, Stephanie. And actually, your last question and your second question was actually what my last point was going to be. Um, what qualifies as a weird email, what qualifies, and we talked about, we didn't get to this, but Facebook and Instagram, those links that are sent out, um, people are always sending you something, sending you to look at this, and is that legit? And what can you do if you've been compromised? So we can try to get this in in one minute. <laughs> yeah, well, your, your, your problem on a lot of your social media is what do a lot of us do? We we, we are, and I'm, I'm using we just collectively, we click next, and by just clicking next, you never know if you don't really know what you're agreeing to. So on your Instagrams and your Facebooks and everything else, you may be clicking next to allow them to send all those Ray-Ban advertisements out under your account because you agreed to it, but all you did was click next. You never actually read it. Okay. And if you get hit by something and it's popped up on your computer and it's causing problems, Malwarebytes is a very good first step. Um, it's a quick scanning program. It can usually nip the, the really big stuff. Like if it's real obvious on your computer, it usually nips it in the bud. So go to malwarebytes.com, download Malwarebytes. Um, it is a trial version. It's not a free program, uh, but it is free to scan your computer if you don't want it to actively monitor it like virus protection, like Avast is. All right. Well, we, we've had a lot of great questions, a lot of great answers. And if you still have questions or have some issues with your computer, please email the show at mpbonline.org slash everydaytech, and our experts are here to answer your questions. We want to thank you for joining us today. And if you missed part of our show and want to hear past episodes, you can listen on our website at, of course, mpbonline.org slash everydaytech. Java Chapman was our board operator, and Kevin... 
Was it Kevin? Yeah. Is Maybe it Kevin? Kevin was over there. Sarah. Okay. Oh, our new intern, Miss Sarah, was our uh, phone operator. Great deal. Good deal. Now, for Wils Contreras and Jeremy Thompson, I'm Michelle McAdoo. Stay tuned for Southern Remedy with Dr. Rick DeShazo of Next. And join us next week for another episode of Everyday Tech, only on MPB Think Radio.